and we're back hey josh uh we've got a guest today from zudar um super Hello. cool name super cool protocol josh welcome um thank you thank you. Have you yeah good to so, connect yeah it is good to connect um obviously we've been keeping an eye on what it is that you guys have been up to and what it is that you've been doing can you tell us a bit about yourself and you know what you're doing and and your role at Zudar, but primarily just a little bit of an intro to you towards you and and what you what you're doing yeah for sure so i'm josh cagney and i think it's kind of like a symptom of web3 that you end up doing a lot more than your job description might say <laughs> so yeah. uh, i i just I'm a core contributor at Zuda, so I handle like operations, I do a, a bit of product, I handle some of the community, like anything that needs to be done that isn't development, I'm doing. Um, so that's me. I've, I've been in, in crypto since 2016, and I kind of got into, I'm not sure if you caught that speech by Eric Voorhees at Permissionless. It kind of blew up on crypto Twitter, but th those really, yeah, I recommend anyone <laughs> listening to, to go listen to that speech as well. Um, but that's really the reason I, I got into crypto, because I really want to, to participate in building a better financial system, a better, uh, more free and open financial world. Um, so that, you know, Zudo kind of ties into that a, a little bit by kind of onboarding more people into DeFi, a wider audience. Um, but that's that's kind of why I'm, I'm building in the space. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's me. <laughs> cool. Uh, actually, just I mean, obviously, bringing up that 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 Eric Voorhees speech, I thought it was really cool. Um, despite kind of like always, people are always trying to dismantle and and criticize. I think he's spot on. I think the 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 message is, I think, in its very essence, is very Bitcoin maxi in its true sense. Um, <laughs> And I love it. I think that's what we need. You know, like you said, it's, it, it is about, you know, removing those those barriers to entry within kind of a financial system that isn't constrained by kind of like these these man-made rules. Tell us about Sudar. What is it that you guys are doing that, in many ways, I would say exceptional, like this is an exceptional thing. And how do you see that as like, how do you see Zudar as being something that's exceptional? Yeah, so like in, in a single sentence, I guess what Zudar does is it gamifies your DeFi yields. So we saw this massive success of pool together, um, which for those of you listening probably know what that is. But um, for those of you who don't, it's a, it's a decentralized no loss lottery system. So essentially USDC is staked and then through pool together's contracts, it goes to Aave and generates a, a, a small yield and then rewards all the participants potentially in a lottery-like system. So they'll get the yield reward, but their initial capital that they've used to deposit on pool together remains theirs. So they haven't lost anything and it's just a, a fun way to save money. And then we also saw in traditional finance, there's things called government prize bonds, which depending on your geography of listener, um, you might not know what that is, but it functions in the exact same way except it's using traditional yield sources and you're giving your money to the government again. Um, and it's very similar, but in that system, there's hundreds of billions of pounds being um, put into those yield lottery like systems all around the world uh, in traditional finance. So if we really liked this idea that you can kind of use your money in fun ways. 
Um, but despite Pull Together's success, it it hasn't really nothing has really been done to that no loss model in a decentralized way since. So we thought, like, how can we make this better? How can we make it more engaging? Um, how can we adapt uh, to to current market trends? And we, at the time, we started building in 2021. And the NFT boom, I think Justin Bieber had just bought his first NFT, uh, which was a top signal, <laughs> of course. Um, but the the NFTs, we um, we wanted to tie into them in some way because we found that people were entering the space en masse through NFTs. It was like the, the retail boom. Um, a lot of people don't interact with crypto at all outside of NFTs. Um, and really, they're just dipping their toes into this technology that's changing the world, but they're not you know, getting the full benefit from it. So we thought, okay, how, how can we gamify DeFi yields? And NFT battles were what we eventually came up with. So no loss NFT battles powered by DeFi yields, where NFTs could be staked in the DAP, any NFT essentially, uh, and then voted on by the community. So in Zudao, votes are in liquidity. And this liquidity is sent to the DeFi protocols that Zudao builds on in the background to generate a yield, very similar to, to how Pool Together does it. Except in Zudao, there can be thousands and thousands of these battles happening simultaneously. And what you're fighting for essentially is your yield plus your opponent's yield. So essentially, it allows you to leverage your future yield and risk it um, for potentially maximized returns by winning your opponent's yield on top of your own. Uh, again, in this kind of completely no loss environment. And then in terms of like the NFT side of things, it's it's really about leveraging that community aspect of the NFTs, which I think is probably the strongest utility NFTs have is this like familial bonds that the communities all have, even now in the bear market, the floor is like 0.001 and people are going, let's sweep it up. You know, <laughs> it's, they're like unbelievably loyal to their communities. So we wanted to tap into that and kind of, and bring these people into DeFi or allow that the people that were already in DeFi to kind of show off their, their communities and show off their stuff to, to other projects and other people and other communities. Oh, I, I actually can't hear you. Um, so you've essentially given uh, me an encyclopedia of questions, right? Um, okay. <laughs> um, oh, no. Yeah, no, no, this is a good thing because I think the what's really fascinating about what it is that you have presented um, is that there isn't just one pathway or one aspect to yield generation, which clearly you've demonstrated with a whole lot of examples. And I want to just kind of go back to the beginning of 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 the ideas that you that you guys obviously came up with and have now implemented was it primarily was the starting point like your generation is important as an aspect to DeFi, or was it a case of nfts are important in DeFi, and how do we collateralize and maximize returns from those nfts what came first I, I think for for us as the team, it was certainly the the DeFi side, um, and for us, like the most important element of the NFT space, even though we all own some NFTs ourselves, uh, was the fact that it was bringing so many people into crypto, and we wanted to kind of act as like the stepping stone from the NFT space into the lucrative world of DeFi, 
um, to, to, to bring them into deeper, <laughs> deeper into the space, essentially. Okay, so, okay, that's, that's great. So I mean, so, so obviously, there is the collateral value that 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 NFTs hold. And that's essentially, at the core of what it is that you guys are basing the gamification process. Is that correct? No, so uh, interestingly, Zudao doesn't really care about the value of the NFT being staked. It doesn't really matter if it's a board ape or a or a zero point zero zero one ETH uh, NFT. What matters is the liquidity that people are voting uh, on it with. So, if someone like, for example, we launched V zero on Moonbeam, which was sort of like a beta version of the DAP with live tokens uh, and real yields, um, and someone put you know, 20 grand down on three of his NFTs, three each, yeah. so 60 grand in total. Um, and the, the, the NFTs were worth 0.01 ETH. And all of a sudden, they're top of the leaderboard in Zudao. So Zudao doesn't pick favorites in terms of, you know, how valuable the floor price might be. Uh, all yeah. that matters is, is the capital that's behind the NFT. Interesting. So essentially, the, the NFT is the vehicle the value outside of the protocol itself isn't relevant. It's the value that's prescribed by whoever is actually prepared to fight that fight. Um, that's essentially what it is that you guys have done. It's great. Um, I know that you that that your journey is an interesting one in terms of where you guys started out and where it is that you guys are going at the moment. Can you just give us a little bit of a timeline? in terms of where you guys started and where you're going and and what the prospects are in terms of the decisions that you guys have made for the future yeah for sure so we started building quite some time ago like it was 2021 so almost two years ago we've been building and initially we we had this very very simple model of this was like around the time of DeFi summer where all the yields were crazy and we thought yeah. like okay we need to tie, tap into this now um, not realizing that these things take quite a, quite a long time to build sometimes, especially if they're completely novel products. Um, so we started building for urine finance die yields uh, on Ethereum mainnet. Um, we love urine finance and we love die and we wanted to build something with, with those two, two protocols. Um, now when we started building gas fees were very, very low and yields were very, very high. So die yields, I think, at that stage were like 15 to 20 percent or something just ridiculously crazy like that. Um, but then as we built and as the cycle kind of was heating up and more transactions and businesses were being deployed on Ethereum mainnet, the gas fees were going through the roof. So you can imagine where you have like a, a, a game on Ethereum mainnet um, where there's some transactions involved that would just eat into anyone's yield profits. And at the same time, uh, as the gas fees were going up, the yields were getting significantly diluted. So die yields right now, I, I don't know if it's like 0.34 or 0.5 or somewhere between that and 2%, which doesn't make the game super exciting because a, a Zudao battle lasts 20 days, which is ample time for yield to generate. If it's like, you know, between 8 and 10% and even better, 20% APY. But if it's down there in like, the 2% or less range, then that's not going to create this very exciting battles where there's like, oh, I'm going to win a pretty decent amount of money here if I win this battle. Um, 
So we needed to pivot. And we, at the time, there was like this big Polkadot narrative and Moonbeam was pegged as like the, the Ethereum of the Polkadot ecosystem. And they were also, conveniently enough, offering crazy liquidity incentives. So the average yields on Moonbeam were, you know, 20%, 25%, 30%, even all the way up to 100%. So the combination of low gas and high yields made it a perfect kind of testing ground for, for Zudaz V0. Um, now we, we kind of recognize the need to, to scale outside of this. And we understand that, well, one, we're, we're, we're a consumer-facing product building in a bear market, which is crazy when it, <laughs> it's just basically infrastructure products selling infrastructure products to people at this stage. Um, but we, we take the contrarian approach that it's, the consumers are, are, are going to come back in en masse. And we needed to pivot and um, tap into a much larger ecosystem so we'd be ready to, to receive them when they do come back into the market. And Arbitrum is, outside of Ethereum, Arbitrum is basically the, the place where the users and the liquidity is flowing at the moment. And it's also got um, a wide variety of different yield sources and a lot of innovative products on the chain that we can kind of tap into in the background. So yeah, we're making the, the big pivot to Arbitrum. What we, what we took from the Moonbeam um, uh, testing ground, or the beta net, as it were, was like we, we launched with a relatively small community. There was like 500 participants or something like that, um, 300 voting positions and 200 staked NFTs. And what this allowed us to do was to take on the community feedback in detail in this kind of testbed environment where we understood exactly what we needed to improve on for the next version. Uh, where we could fix any of the problems that you know came up in in the first version. So now we're coming to to Arbitrum with this almost completely different product in that it's it's the user experience is just wildly wildly better. Um, and we've taken out a lot of the things that weren't necessary, added things that were necessary. Um, and yeah, so we're, I don't want to say the word soon, but because it's it's banned in DeFi building, but it's it's it is soon <laughs> that we're going to be on Arbitrum. So yeah. So I think I mean a really like cool word that you used is wildly, and it is very it is quite a wild, but it is wildly interesting in terms of what it is that you guys have done. Um, like one of the questions that I've been dying to ask you is kind of like your thoughts around kind of like UI UX. Um, and obviously the evolution that we're seeing within the DeFi context. And it seems like you guys have obviously taken that on almost like on a personal level. It's like, I, pers I think that you guys have done a, a really good job of making the experience interesting, um, mm. and easy. Uh, what was the, the journey around that? What did that journey look like in terms of where you guys started on Moonbeam? Is it something that you guys felt that you got right from the beginning from a UI UX perspective, or has that also evolved? Definitely uh, not. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. Because we, we we had no uh, like product feedback in a live environment. And when you have like a completely novel product, um, you just you don't have that valuable feedback from the community that you need to make it better. Um, so that's kind of what we took, but yes, UX has always been like the focal point because we want to like serve all of the DeFi DGENs and all of the people who are well familiar with the space, but we also want to serve the people in the NFT space who are basically their experience is 
going from Coinbase to MetaMask to OpenSea, and then their NFTs just sit in their wallets. Hopefully, they don't get rugged by clicking a, a, <laughs> a scam link on Twitter. Um, so we we kind of kept that in mind, and we made like big friendly buttons and made the DAP as, as easy to use as possible. Now, obviously, if you're completely new to crypto, it's going to be really difficult to use any any decentralized application. But I think the journey from, you know, going from your first NFT to like voting on an NFT in Zudao and kind of understanding the, the DeFi benefits there is, is a much more simple journey than going from buying your first NFT to depositing to a scary yield farm somewhere on a different chain um not knowing really what what what's happening in the background um so yeah yeah i think i think you guys have done a great job um and i think we need to see more of that kind of i mean it's not even innovation it's almost like it's a requirement it's, it's kind of like a it's a prerequisite i think going into kind of like this the, almost like the next phase of DeFi. um you know i think i mean you've been around long enough to know that it's not just about you know guys want yields they're prepared to kind of like loosely engage with something that doesn't really work because they know that they will get what it is that they're after but it's like the whole experience is just an absolutely painful one um, horrendous yeah i think yeah <laughs> i think you guys have done a really good job i mean it it it, it really does look good um and it works and it, it really is seamless from that perspective so it's great to see that you guys have obviously taken that on as a mission um in terms of the the challenges that you guys are kind of anticipating going into kind of like the arbitrum ecosystem is it just kind of like a, a zero to one process at the moment or are you seeing like challenges that are present now or that could kind of like come up that that you need to kind of like expect or be ready for well we certainly saw challenges during the development like we were we were cracking the whips with the devs and um extending time timelines and and yada 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 as as is all development journeys um but now we have the the code base built and we're in the final stages before launch so um, I can't think of any direct challenges apart from the, the challenges of, of, <laughs> of trying to get the devs to deliver on, on time. Um, but now that that's finally coming to an end, we, um, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready to launch with a, with a kind of a polished product. I think you oh. guys kind of like termed it like version zero and this is version one why would it not have been version one and now going into version two i'm just curious as to what the rationale was around that yeah so v0 was like a really it was a it was a beta net because you know we didn't know how the market would respond we didn't know how the community would respond and v1 has taken on the the feedback from from all of those sources um and we've made it a lot better, but our, our end state goal will be V2. So that's why we're kind of gearing up <laughs> for V2, I guess. Um, yeah, which is 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 going to be a significant improvement and tapping into multi-chain yields and multi-volts for baskets of assets. So boosting yields across farms. So eventually that Zuda will be just, you know, more profitable on average than any of the DeFi protocols that we're clipping to in the background. Uh, so it just makes sense to use Zudao even though there's variance in winning and losing yield battles, 
um, that over the course of time, you'd just be better off using Zudow for regular yield farming. That's kind of our end state goal, um, which is what V2 will deliver. So look out for that one. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So so you guys, it's almost like you guys have decided to go for the more complicated kind of like approach where like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring bring in this this dynamic of people kind of like competing for for yields. I want to I want to actually like get into the the grand the granular aspect of how that actually works after mm -hmm. this but so you you decided to go for the the more complicated and the more kind of like like involved process of of yield farming and then you're planning to go for kind of like the the vanilla aspect of of um of of yield farming Th that is very crazy to say the least um you guys are completely crazy that's that's all i can tell you but <laughs> tell us about Tell us about kind of like on a granular level, how does the how does it work in terms of and and by all means like on a technical level, please if you if you want, you're very welcome to go into that. But how do you now have uh, two parties competing against one another? What is the dynamic or what is the kind of like is there leverage involved? Are there pools that allow for this to happen? Can you just take us through the whole process and just like, yeah, so, I need to understand this because it's, it's really is, it's really interesting. And the gamification is obviously what this is all about. And I want to, I want to just put it out there. Mm -hmm. So in V1, we'll be tapping into GMX yields on Arbitrum. Um, and then V2 will be this multi-protocol uh, application where it's almost like a gamified aggregator where people can select their chosen farms and risk tolerance. And, you know, if they want to battle with super degen yields, then they can. And if they want to battle with super safe, you know, die yields on your in finance, for example, then they can. How a battle works. Um, so first of all, NFTs are staked to the DAP. Um, CDAO is, a, is kind of a state machine. So that means that it changes state from depending on the stage of the, the current battle. So in stage one, NFTs are, are staked to the DAP. And, and in, in stage one, you can also unstake your NFTs and unstake your liquidity and claim rewards from previous battle seasons if you've won. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's for staking your NFTs and enrolling it in the next battle. Now, you don't need an NFT to participate. You can simply vote on someone else's NFT um, that they've staked. So uh, as we move on to stage two, that's what stage two is for. So you're able to then vote on certain NFTs. And essentially, as I mentioned earlier, that these votes are in liquidity. And this liquidity generates a yield for the duration of the battle uh, through, through GLP on GMX. Um, we move into stage three then. All of the staked NFTs have a certain amount of votes on them. And they'll receive an opponent based on their liquidity levels. So if you guys are familiar with like games like Hearthstone and League of Legends, you have a ranking system. But in Zudo, there's no skill. It's just based on the liquidity levels. So in Zudo, if you have like a, an NFT with 100 bucks on it, it's going to face levels of similar liquidity. So it could face someone with staking 150 bucks, but it would never face someone staking 100,000 bucks because obviously they're generating a lot more yield and they want to fight people of a similar level where they have a similar amount of yield to win. So we 
separate them in in various different leagues and then stage three will pair your you with a completely random opponent in your league so all of the nfts get a pairing um in stage four then you have an opportunity to to boost your your odds of winning um by staking zoo flp and um, but this is capped at a one-to-one -one ratio with the value of your votes in stage two so if i voted on an nft in stage two with a thousand dollars i'm able to boost then with approximately a thousand dollars worth of zoo flp um, and the votes are worth the exact same so instead of a thousand votes i now have two thousand votes and those votes will carry on to the next battle i can never boost again because it's capped at the one-to-one -one ratio and i never have to vote again or interact with the dap again i can just leave my assets battling for me. Um, then in stage five, you'll have all of these battles with um, a percent chance of winning. So based on the total number of votes on an NFT, for example, if someone has 2000 votes and another person has 2000 votes, it will be a 50-50% chance of winning. But if someone has more votes than their opponent, it doesn't mean that they've won the battle. It just means that they have a higher percentage chance of winning the battle. So it's not like, uh, oh, I've got more votes than you, the battle's over, great, we can all go home now. It's adding that gamification and chance element to, to DeFi yields, which kind of makes it more exciting, um, especially if like you're, you're an underdog who's won, if you've played poker, you know how good it feels when you, you, know, you hit the runner-runner to, to make your hand <laughs> as a 2% as a um, chance. Uh, in Zudo, it's... it's separated by leagues it's similar levels where you you won't ever be in those two percent scenarios but it will be like you know 80 20 is possible and 60 40 etc etc so yeah in stage five it's called rolling the dice um and then all of this happens automatically that the winners of each battle are are rolled uh all at once and then the winners are determined based on their percentage chance if they've if they've flipped correctly then They've, uh, they've won the, the yield, and they'll essentially win their opponent's yield plus their own proportional to their votes. So if you have lo loads of different people voting on lots of the, on the same NFT, then obviously the yield rewards will be proportional to how to, to those people. So if, if you've got two people voting on the same NFT with $1,000, then they're going to win their own yield plus 50-50% um, each of the, of the opponents. If that makes sense. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Simple, uh, <laughs> in practice. No, there was there was no tangent there. I think what's really interesting about this is that you spoke about five levels. Can you do you have to participate in all five levels for the benefit, or can you participate in levels one to three and then kind of like step back and get the gain the gains yeah. off of that, or is it? So you've made, essentially, you've made, uh, you guys have created an opportunity that allows for participation part and the whole. Is that correct? Um, yeah, yeah. So es essentially, you don't have to, um, sorry, can, can, you, can you go back and repeat your question there again? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so you're talking about five levels, right? And each level has a game right so do you have to essentially do the entire quest of the five levels or can you do say the you'll, first three and get the you, benefit of that 
yeah, you'll automatically go through all five levels. So a, a, a battle battles are rolling, and they each last about twenty to twenty one days. Okay. Um, once you've staked your NFT and once you've voted on it, you never have to interact with the DAP again. Once you've voted on an NFT that isn't yours, you never have to interact with the DAP again. You the boosting with Zoo, it's completely optional. If you want to increase your chances and yield potential, you can do that once. You never have to do it again. So all of these things happen just once. Um, it sounds like a lot of complicated steps, but really it's it's clicking a few buttons. And then from that stage on, your battles and your NFTs will always have that level of votes on them. So they'll just continuously battle and battle for you. Similar way to a yield farm, except it's it's gamified. And also, do you have, like, is it an epoch that is set on the 21 days? And then it's kind of like, is it like one event or is it multiple events that are happening on a daily basis based on demand that comes in for um, the game? So, so it's it's one event, but you can you can enroll yeah. assets in, in an upcoming battle and it will just yeah. lock them in in time for the next battle. It won't affect anyone's odds in the current one because that would allow for like last minute sniping of, of the prize pools. Um, but yeah, you can you can show up at any stage and and enroll your assets into the next battle, and then from then on, it's, yeah. Can you copy trade uh, somebody who's who's successful, or not copy trade, but but kind of like if there's somebody who's who's done really well in terms of their their battles and the results that they've had, can you then go and essentially copy what it is that they're doing? I mean, um, you can always vote on the same NFTs that they're voting on. Um, yeah. But I think like from a purely strategic perspective, you want to be in the upper end of your league, um, whatever league you're voting in, because you'll have a higher percent chance of versus winning versus all your opponents. If someone's at the bottom of the league, they're always going to have a lower percent chance. So you want to get to the higher levels of the league. and Or ideally, if you want to move on to the higher prize pools, you'll want to get to the league above and then ideally up to the top of that league as well. So kind of so, gradually adding to be your position. So are the rewards shared based on so yes. based on the based on the the level of participation and the amount of liquidity that obviously has been contributed? Does it then get shared, or is there an opportunity where somebody could essentially take all the spoils? There is an opportunity for that. If if I've voted on my own NFT and no one else has voted on it then I own 100% of myself. Um, so if I face someone uh, who's who has, you know, a thousand people voting on his NFT, I'm going to take all their yield for myself because I'm the only one voting on mine. Um, if someone, yeah, it, it's proportional to how much, um, how much liquidity is on the NFT and how many people uh, have contributed. And they'll earn rewards proportional to their stake. Okay, great. So obviously we've 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 covered uh, briefly like version two, which looks at the more traditional approach around yields and the rest of it. Really curious as to why you guys didn't do that first and then approach it, approach the gamification, or even just do the traditional yield with a bit of gamification and then version two with what it is that you guys have got in version one. What was the kind of like thinking around that? Um doing it essentially like in my mind it's almost like you've done it back to front i mean i know that's not the case but you know we, we obviously used to you know yield farming in the traditional sense you guys have decided to do it the other way why yeah was that well the i think 
I think that's a fairly diluted market with some, you know, major players at the moment. And we believe, well, like we we believe in our products. You know, we think that gamifying DeFi yields is is really really cool, especially if you can do it in a in a multi-volt and multi-chain environment with a liquidity transfer layer where you know I can you know vote on a board ape on Ethereum and then win a battle on Arbitrum. Like that's what we're building towards in in V2, and that will be the end yeah. state. And obviously, that requires like a lot of architecture. Um, uh, so that's why, why why we haven't done it in in the other way around. But yeah, to be honest, like we we don't see the need to add another you know aggregator to the market or another you know you're in finance to the market. They're giants and they they serve their customers well, and we we respect all of the them so we don't want to necessarily compete with them but if we can add to their liquidity pools and and tap into their already built architecture through zudao zudao is very much like a gamified DeFi lego so it can clip to essentially any yield source in the background and gamify those DeFi yields so that allows us this opportunity to form these partnerships instead of competitions with all of these DeFi protocols that we respect instead of you know a situation where we're just just another aggregator or just another XYZ. What I find really interesting about the, the the V2 plan is is obviously looking at obviously going to the traditional approach of of yield farming and the rest of it and looking at a, across cross chain. Is is there a plan for you guys to look at something like layer zero or are you guys looking at developing something yourselves? What is the I mean, I don't want to kind of like preempt or anything, but what is the the thinking and the discussion that you guys have had around that for the future? Yeah, so we're we're already currently deeply tied into Layer Zero. So Zoo is a is an omni chain token, and also we've built um, for the V1 uh, on Arbitrum. We've built an entirely novel NFT bridge based on Layer Zero's tech stack, um, which is actually way miles better than market competitors in terms of NFT bridges. Um, what's out there right now is this really clunky experience where you have to, you know, you have to claim the NFT on the destination chain, but you might not have gas on the destination chain. Um, yeah. Whereas with the build, the, the bridge that we've built through their zero, we can essentially, they, the NFTs will just appear in your wallet and you just pay gas on the, the native chain that you're coming from. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of deeply working with layer zero. And then in, in terms of like the cross-chain liquidity transfer layer, we're still evaluating the options, but Axelar looks uh, quite promising as well um, because that will allow like potentially allow one-click voting from Ethereum, for example, to ZK Sync or Ethereum to uh, Arbitrum. So you can participate really easily in these battles that you you know, you might have a multi-step process to get to before. Um, so yeah, it's all possible. Um, but it's just we're we're going to as soon as the V1 launches, essentially, we'll be brainstorming the the V2 uh, as a team. We'll get the the whiteboards out, the markers out, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So from a business development perspective, what is the kind of like the value proposition that you guys are offering to potential partners and the second part of that question is what kind of partners are you guys looking for in terms of what it is that you guys have built and what it is that you guys are planning to build? 
Yeah, so I think from a DeFi protocol perspective, it's extremely obvious because it's gamifying liquidity provision to that protocol. Um, and the liquidity is just being sent through Zudai's contracts. So as we work towards V2 and where we have this modular approach where we can just clip to various DeFi protocols and various farms um, as they arise, this will be a huge value add. And this, I think, is where we'll start seeing some major uh, partnerships with existing giant DeFi protocols and, and some new ones as well with liquidity incentives that we can chase and, and offer to our community. And then in terms of the, the NFT side of things, like we, we don't believe in this free lunch mentality that kind of plagues the NFT space for a long time. People, people were searching for this NFT utility solution. Uh, and really that revolved around staking an NFT, infinitely minting these tokens. And then the, the NFT project has to sustain rewards, meaningful rewards for the, this inflationary token. And all of these solutions essentially failed. Board Ape is a bit of an outlier, but even, even that is, is kind of dying down with their, with their reward release because it, it just can't go on forever, no matter how big the, the project is. Um, so in Zudao, we, we, have, we believe in skin in the game. So you, we have something called VEZoo, which some of your users might be more on the DeFi side. They might be familiar with VECRV but it's just a way we distribute our zoo rewards that are re released every season. So essentially that allows you to lock ZooFLP behind your favorite NFT collection. So you're not just uh, locking it behind a specific NFT, you're locking it behind the entire collection. So that means yeah. your collection will then be eligible to earn a slice of the zoo reward pie for voting on or staking an NFT in that collection. So. The, the bulk of the rewards go for voting. It's 85% go to, to the voters and 15% of the zoo goes to the, to the stakers of the NFTs themselves. So in a way that that provides utility as long as there's skin in the game. So if you're willing to back up your protocol or your, your NFT project, um, you're going to benefit the entire community by boosting their, their entire rewards and all of their average APYs will skyrocket depending on the amount of Zoo FLP that you've provided. If if you don't participate in VE Zoo at all, it's no, it's not uh, a worry. You can still avail of the gamified DeFi yields, and you won't increase or decrease your chances of winning or losing battles at all. Um, it just means that the that the utility from the the skin in the game goes to those um, who are who are actively participating and contributing to the protocol. Um, so in terms of like the, what we can offer NFT projects, if there's skin in the game, we can offer a lot. If there isn't skin in the game, we can offer, you know, what the space, the NFT space has been about. It's about clout. It's about showing off your stuff. Uh, it's about yeah. interacting with other communities and projects, um, and really just, um, putting strength behind a, a community, which you know, it gives you an opportunity to compete on a, on a completely level playing field with something like a board ape or an Azuki when you have, you know, your favorite NFT project with the, which is, has a 0 0.01 ETH floor. Um, so it allows you to kind of compete in those leagues just by having skin in the game. So is the, is the approach to, to kind of like incentivize your smaller NFT protocols that obviously you know, have skin in the game for the long term, 
outside of Zidar, but this, what I mean by skin in the game is that, you know, they've got a roadmap, they've delivered, they've done really well. Um, they just don't have, obviously, that that really high floor price, but they do have strong community, strong participation. Is That's essentially what you're saying is that there is a place for them in this entire, yeah. like, equation. And that's the kind of discussion that you guys would love to have with those protocols and say, listen, there is value here. We can provide a whole lot of, like, really interesting, like, benefits to your community and obviously to ultimately this protocol that's ultimately what it is that you guys are looking to do is kind of like put everyone on an equal playing field. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think like the NFT communities are sometimes a little bit siloed in their thinking. So like we're building this, we're doing, we're going to have this token. Um, but really that like the more things that you can do with your NFT, the more valuable it will be. Um, if you can only do one thing with the NFT and the NFT and that utility solution fails, then the NFT itself fails as well, and you cause a load of FUD. So people should be actively, in my opinion at least, should be actively looking for as many things as possible for their to to tap into for their NFT for their community. Um, and Zudao is just hopefully one of them. Um, it's one of the only universal solutions to to NFT utility that could potentially house any NFT, regardless of like floor price, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, and has the opportunity to kind of um, revitalize communities that have just completely died in the bear, but still have those stragglers who who want something to do. So, yeah, that's great. Um, obviously, this applies to kind of like the more traditional yield kind of farming strategy that you might use, which will come into V two. How would you guys? I mean, I'm just curious. How would you guys go about incentivization? and also kind of like the business development side of it is it just a case of like we have this 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 methodology that we've used in version one we want to now apply it to version two is there going to be a gamification process around a version two scenario i mean how are you guys planning to essentially sell it in inverted commas yeah so um well first of all we'll 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 need to take back the feedback in the same way as we did for V0 on Moonbeam with a smaller community, we're going to be doing with a larger community on Arbitrum um, and taking on board their feedback, what needs to change, what needs to uh, be improved. All of these things will go towards um, the brainstorming of the of the V2. But I think um, Suda really, like it speaks for itself in a lot of ways. Um, if it's more profitable, why wouldn't I gamify my yields, you know? Why wouldn't I have fun instead of watching the paint dry? Um, <laughs> and, and, and why wouldn't I put my otherwise useless NFTs to work? Why wouldn't I represent my favorite communities? So a lot of the, the value adds of Sudao are very clear. Like it, if it makes you more money and it's more fun, um, that's a pretty easy selling point. Agreed. Um, so just tell us, uh, what are the kind of like timelines? I know that you you obviously looking at Arbitrum now, you've you've traveled a significant journey with Moonbeam. What are you guys looking at in terms of your roadmap, particularly on the short term? Um, so the short term will be really the the launch. Um, and that's the short short term. Uh, we're 
I don't want to say an exact date because it's internal, but um, very, very soon. And as we know, the word soon has been banned in, in DeFi, but now I'm, I'm saying it with sincerity. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously there's, there's Arbitrum have, have um, kind of revitalized uh, version two per se of, of Odyssey. I know that, you know, for those who don't know, um, you know, Odyssey is kind of like an incentive program that, that Arbitrum came up with to encourage protocols to participate within the community context and to obviously incentivize and reward um, their communities and other communities that are planning to, you know, say, say now someone was curious about Zudar, Arbitrum affords you guys the opportunity to give you a voice to go up and chat about what it is that you guys are doing. Um, I'm sure you guys are super excited about that. I mean, even as as somebody who's not building on on Arbitrum, I mean, we're excited from the incentive side of things. Are mm -hmm. you at liberty to tell us what kind of incentives you guys will be offering within the context of Odyssey? What what does that look like for you guys and potentially for your community and others? So currently, I, I won't speak about Odyssey in general, but uh, in terms of the incentives for our V1 launch we have decided to make them extremely significant, uh, especially when it comes to the, we'll have an LP program. And, I'm in, I'm in yeah. definitely. In. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but it's, essentially we'll be releasing 0.5% of the supply per month for a year with the aim of deepening the liquidity to, to 1.5 to 2 mil uh, at least uh, on Arbitrum. So that, uh, the the APYs are, am I allowed to say, mention APYs? They'll be very yes. very significant. Uh, yeah, cool. it depends on who I'm speaking to and where they are, um, but they'll be very very significant. And then the VEZ rewards we've decided to make competitive as well, so there'll be a reason for these NFT projects to support their communities by locking ZUFLP, um, just because it it makes everyone in your community more money for for staking and voting. Um, so yeah, we're going for gold in terms of incentives, uh, and really right. kind of aiming to make this launch a, a big one. Love it. Okay. So obviously we don't have a firm date, but it's fairly soon. Um, there is participation with Odyssey and, and obviously with, with, with what Arbitrum are doing and you guys will hopefully be flying your flag. So we'll definitely be keeping an, an eye out, um, on that. Um, Josh, thanks for your time. And uh, also for obviously a very insightful perspective on what it is that you guys are doing, like really enjoyed um, taking something that is on the face of it really complicated and it's not really, it's kind of like really innovative and, and it's really cool to to get you on and really thank thank you for making the time. I know it was a little bit tricky for you to, to make it. I know you're traveling and I really do appreciate it. Um, and yeah, wishing you guys all the best for your your version one and what Arbitrum could potentially offer you guys. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye out. Um, and for anyone who who is curious about what Zuda are doing, uh, we did do an article recently that really does dive deep into you know what Zuda has done and what they're planning to do with uh, versions that are approaching. So just check it out. I will put in put a link in the description. Um, yeah, thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Cheers. Pleasure, sir. Yeah, all the best.